Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, world record holder with a high score of two gazillion in Tetris, two-time recipient of the Nobel Prize for Super Foxiest Female Ever, and editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and... Me, Will Warren, founder and CEO of Konnichiwa Records, the most decorated professional field operative in the industry and in the streets, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. Well, that's a very different opening there. What's happened? I think it's we're paying homage, um, apologies for the French okay. again, okay. Um, to the person whose album we're talking about this week. It could only be Robin. Robin. And the album is Robin. Uh, and that is, of course, from the first track, Curriculum Vitae, featuring Swingfly. You know, Swingfly, don't you? Yeah, Swingfly. Yes. Yeah. Swingfly, Sweet Chariot. Um, because we're not going to be talking about that song, are we, anymore? No, we wanted to get that out of the way nice and early. Um, there's so many good songs to talk about this week. Uh, Robin, by Robin. First of all, actually, Robin herself. Who is she? Who is Robin? Who is this Robin? So Robin, Robin Miriam Carlson, born in 1979. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me revealing her age inadvertently there. Oh, she might. Uh, Swedish singer, songwriter, Swedish producer... Sh- <laughs> singer. Sean Connery's here. <laughs> She's a Swedish singer, songwriter and record producer, uh, starting out on the scene in 1995 with Robin Is Here. Uh, and then the very popular Max Martin produced Show Me Love, which was brilliant. Yes, yes, definitely. I, yeah, I do remember very much that song being around. And then it felt like she disappeared for a while. She did. And this is the fourth, the album, Robin, the self-titled Robin album. Uh, is the, in fact, the fourth album by Robin. Um, but for me, it marks a real turning point in her career, in her music style. I think in her popularity as well. Definitely. And the reason we're talking about it this week is because this album uh, has turned 14 just a couple of days ago. And it does feel very much that within the last 14 years, she's had a prominent place in the pop world of the, you know, the wider reach of the pop world. She's by no means ever been... um... She's an interesting one because I think she's got a lot of popularity. She recently played Madison Square Garden and she's played Ali Pali recently. But... I don't think... I think there is a little bit of a cult following to her. She's not... I don't think everyone could hum five Robin songs. No, I think that's maybe, depending on what country you're in as well, I think in her motherland, she's very, very big. Less so in the UK. I think more so in the States, actually. But enough, popular enough to have continued to have success over the last 14 years since this album came out. So much so, uh, a new album just last year. Yes, much anticipated new album, I think, as well. Uh, and it got... It wasn't for everyone. Mixed reviews. Mm. What were your thoughts on it? Um, I was maybe naively, maybe nostalgically hoping for more of the real heartfelt, heartbreaking electro-pop bangers slash less than bangers, but it was a little bit more muted than maybe I was hoping for. Mm. A bit more, to me at least, and... I have to say, with this album, with this episode, you're going to be taking my hand and guiding me through because while I appreciate Robin, I'm not uh, the biggest expert on her. Um, But to me, that that most recent album felt much more experimental. 
Yes, and this was, and we'll come on to talk about it, but so many very exciting tracks. Uh, iconic, actually, a couple of them now for her. I think we should get cracking sooner rather than later. Get stuck in. Just get stuck in. Should we, should we get stuck in now? Let's in do it. So track one, we've, we've, uh, we've nodded our head at uh, Curriculum Vitae. And track two, Konnichiwa Bitches. Konnichiwa Bitches. That was the lead single in the UK and that reached the giddy heights of number 98 in the UK singles chart. Thankfully, success was to be had with other single releases from this album in the UK. I really love that, that kind of hip-hop sensibility to it. I love the clapping bit. Yes. I just, it's, I think it's just a fantastic, of course it's not the actual album opener because we had that little prelude before, but I love how it's two and a half minutes long. It comes straight in and there's that relentless beat throughout. As you say, it's got the clapping. It's got, it's quite, it's very fun in the lyrics, isn't it? What a fun song, really. And it gives you a bit more of a, from the word go or from track two, more of a, the kind of, a bit of a tougher, more streetwise Robin than maybe we've heard before. Definitely. If I'm not mistaken, there may have been issues with record companies and to, uh, coming up to this album, hence the sort of lack of presence from her before this one so uh, it feels like she really is making her mark here and without wanting to be too much of a cliche I do think with that first track kind of with the, the the prelude setting the tone and this even more so you do get a feel for something I'm not going to say she's setting her stall out but this album you're in completely new territory for Robin yes which is great and it is interesting as a first track because some of the singles that we're going to come on to later, and hindsight is a wonderful thing, but it feels like they were quite obviously going to be big hits. And this one, to me, it just doesn't feel like it is going to be a massive hit. I wonder why it was the lead single in the UK. Mm. Nowadays, they'd probably call it a... Buzz track. A buzz track. Buzz track. So let's move on then to track number three, and Cobra Style. <laughs> Cobra style there, and to me it still very much feels like we're, we haven't yet quite got to the essence, the big hits of the album yet. For anyone who heard the singles first then went to get the album, this is kind of a, a bit of a different opening, don't you think? I do, I do think. I like the, the build-up though, because you know that Robin's going to bring her big hits out oh. imminently. But they're not quite there yet. <laughs> so, moving on, this is a cover. Um, from a Swedish band called the Teddy Bears, featuring Jamaican singer Mad Cobra. Dan, are you a fan of Mad Cobra? And that's not a euphemism. Um, Mad Cobra? Is there a beer called Cobra? 
There is a beer called a Cobra. Is it a Cobra beer with a vodka in it, maybe? You think it's a, it's a speciality drink? Almost like a, a Turbo Shandy. Did you ever used to have one of those? Behind the back of the bike shed. <laughs> turbo Shandy, I think, was a half a lager, but instead of lemonade, you had a Smirnoff Ice in it. Do you remember Smirnoff Ice? Are they still, Ice. Do they still make those? I think you can still get them in places. I bet Robin's had a few in her time. Oh, no doubt. Nightclub PAs and uh, girls out on the town. And no doubt she was straw pee doing them ahead of going out as well. Well, she's a party girl. Hmm, with a bad habit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Cobra Style is a cover. Uh, Teddy Bears, uh, it was from a 2004 album. I have to say, with this track and with this album... Um, I mentioned before, I have, I've, I've always known that Robin is a, a pinnacle in mature, uh, quality pop, Swedish pop music. Never quite got into her a lot. So listening to this album ahead of this podcast, um, for me, this was the first time. And it did take me a few listens to really get into it. When I heard the, this and, and the two songs that came before it, it wasn't an instant thing for me. It really took me a while to get into it. But now I think it's fantastic. I love this. Uh, and I'm going to say it, I love this juxtaposition of there's a droning electronic bass there and then there's those sort of light, playful, tiptoey keys. But it's got a real, still got a real urban edge to it as well. Some critics said, actually, when it came out, it was better than the original that wow. she was covering. Uh, and your thoughts? Uh, I, I don't have the original in my mind as a starting point. You've not listened to it, have you? No, but I do like this track. It's, it's a good track. It's a fun song. Track four now, this is Handle Me. It's a simple fact that you can't seem to handle me No matter how you act with them, you can't handle me You gotta make me say you got my back, but you're a selfish Narcissistic, psycho, freaking boot-licking It's not me creeping, you can't handle me So that was Handle Me I love the chorus of that, and I have in my mind, although I'm sure it never happened, if uh, when she was performing this on Top of the Pops, she'd have a choir behind her, and in the chorus they always kind of bob back and forth and clap in time with the chorus. Yeah, but you're a selfish, narcissistic, psycho-freaking, boot-licking Nazi creep. Um, it's a fantastic line, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, for me, is the first great song on this album. The first sort of real classic Robin song, straight mm. straight on the greatest hits, if there and, is one. And this was uh, and uh, exemplified by the fact this was in the top 20 in the UK charts, it was number 17, and had a lot of praise um, from a couple of old friends we've mentioned before. So uh, Nick Levine from Digital Spy said it was a, it was a great follow-up tune to With Every Heartbeat, coming up later. <laughs> Spoiler! Um, and uh, taking upon herself to put every... Arrogant young man in his place. And Talia Crane said Jamelia would kill for a ballad as elegant as Hand On Me. Just dating it a bit there by referencing Jamelia. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny having now looking at where they are. Robin's selling out Madison Square Garden. Jamelia's, you know, covering someone when they're sick on Loose Women. But I like how this song, it's, it feels very balladish, but it's not quite there. It's not quite a ballad. Well, it's very beat. uplifting chorus as yeah. well, actually. And I love the strings. There's, I think it's sort of from the second verse. There's this really nice gliding sort of cello thing just going throughout. There's so many elements that come to this track. Initially, it's got that almost urban, again, relentless beat that's similar to the first few songs. But this one with this, this, the cello, the acoustic guitar, 
as you said, the imaginary gospel choir, it does feel like uh, lots of elements building this song up. Yet still, it feels a little bit straight back. So I'm confused. Well, I love the production running through this whole album. And uh, who is who is producer on the album, Dan? Is it Stuart Price? Um, it's not, no. <laughs> it's Class Arland, if that's hopefully, apologies, Class, if he uh, was writer and producer on much of this album. And he's got a fantastic track record as well. He's worked with Robin on Honey, her most recent album, and he's worked with her on Body Talks, part one and two. But also, just to grab a few names from the air, Britney Spears on Piece of Me, which actually I think we should do that album that it came from, Blackout. I think that's my favourite Britney album. We've had a few requests actually for Blackout um, when we've canvassed for Britney Spears albums. Hmm. Blackout has been up there actually, so thank you everyone for that. He's worked with Sugar Babes as well on Catfights and Spotlight. Spot- Spotlights. <laughs> They're my least favourite. Their but least nothing favourite against. Album by a country mile, although Sweet Seven wasn't amazing either. Mm, no. It's... On the most part. They were on. Certainly petering out at that point. Um, but what he did work on, which was fantastic, um, which we sort of had a chat about on the conference call ahead of this album, was I Blame Coco. Do you remember Strict Machine by yes. her? Sting's daughter, if I'm not incorrect. That was a fantastic song. She just didn't seem to quite take off. No, she didn't gel with the public, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, and that's quite an issue in the pop scene. Let's crack on. Yes. So next one now, it's uh, Bum Like You, Bum Like You. So Bum Like You, and that was a new recording for the international version of the album. Oh, thank you. Very, uh, very kindly received um, and different to the Swedish version of the album. But I'm so glad it's there because it actually is one of my favourite songs on there. And this version is very in keeping with the style of of this album. Definitely. For me, what I love is when the song flips to that chorus... And there's those lovely keys, very simple, beep, boop. No, it's completely out of tune. <laughs> but now I'm going to do it. I shan't do them. But they, for me, either a track can either just naturally glide into the chorus or the chorus can come as a little bit of a, a quite a, a difference that fits into the song, but it's just a very, certainly a very different element of it. And this is the latter, but in a very, in a great way. Can I just mention Kanichiwa Records as well? Certainly. Because it's referenced on that first prelude introduction. And that's actually the record label that Robin set up herself that spawned this album. Yes. So it's not a throwaway thing. It's actually, it's all her. It's almost the message of the album, isn't it? Because she separated from Jive, I yes. believe. Um, they, they didn't work well together. So yeah, she created Kanichiwa Records, released this album, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, well, your thoughts on Bum, like you? Yes, I like it. Yes. I do like it. And like you say, the chorus really lifts it and takes it to another level. Yeah. It's quite a, it's a sweet chorus, really. Yes, a, a sweet bum. A sweet, a very sweet bum, yes. Time to move on. <laughs> and track six is, uh, it's another single, actually. Be Mine! Exclamation mark.
love that song. I remember when it first came out in the UK and it was just, it was really quite big in the UK. It got to number 10 in the charts. But I think for me, I was obsessed with it when it came out. I loved the beat to it, but I loved the emotion behind it as well. I think we could, you could all, we could all relate to it. Definitely. And when you say it got to number 10, I found that quite surprising because it feels like of that time, um, however many years ago that was, it feels like it's played a bigger part in the charts of that year. It feels like it was a bigger track. Maybe it's just you and I being purveyors and collectors of... Aficionados of good pop music. Lovely word. Is that French? No. No. But a fantastic song. Um, It's the strings on that song, isn't it? Again, Mm. the strings just drive that song. Uh, When it begins, it's purely strings and her voice. Um, And as she said, it's very much... It is a very upbeat song with that melancholy lyric throughout. Um, And it's that kind of... That way to build a song or build a message and the music don't necessarily go together but they work perfectly is something that we talk about throughout track by track on things like pet shop boys and aha and all that kind of thing and it's just what i absolutely love in pop music quality as as, as regular listeners will know and i think robin's really has a has specializes in it well those absolutely lovely scandinavians do so well don't they abba uh, the aforementioned aha it's it's what they do best aha <laughs> sorry I've done that one too many times now and what and you're doing it in your John Newman slash Cher impression <laughs> yeah fantastic song I really almost as I don't have a lot to say about it because the song speaks for itself in that one it's wonderful did brilliantly in uh, in her motherland yeah three in the in the Swedish singles chart uh, and rightly so rightly so I was saying to you before we started recording in my head with every heartbeat started this era of Robin and this song came afterwards, but that's not... Not at all. The truth, is it? No. You're uh, quite wrong there. You are. Um, And we'll come on to that song very soon indeed, actually. Mm. Uh, And we'll talk about that in some more. In fact, let's do it now. Okay. So, track number seven now, and this is With Every Heartbeat. We could keep trying, but things will never change. So I don't know. With every heartbeat, when that song began, we both just gasped, didn't we? Uh, It's just sensational. It is uh, for me, and I think for you, and probably for a lot of the listeners who let us know, are quite vocal on the fact that they share a lot of our tastes. And thanks, guys, we do appreciate it. It's probably perfection. It's hard to describe, it's hard to find words to say how much I enjoy that. But let the facts speak for themselves, actually, to mm. say it got to number one in the UK. Am I right in thinking that would be her only number one? Her? Who's she? The cat's mother. Robin's only number one. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that, actually. Okay. Well, I'd just like to say everything I said about Scandinavians being fantastic about taking a melancholic subject matter and putting it to some upbeat music and making it uh, a hit or a fantastic piece of art, times that by 10 for this song. That line, and it hurts with every heartbeat, it, that really hits you. 
but at the same time you want to be moving and dancing a little it bit it hits because... you and uplifts you well yes that's a fantastic way to put it and just let me share a, a brief update um this was this just in this just in this was robin's biggest hit in the uk um, and actually had sold 430,000 copies. And this, of course, wasn't just Robin. This was Robin with Clear Up. Yes, yeah, so Clear Up, producer, DJ. Another Scandinavian synth electro pop. Do you remember his album? I Yes, I did buy his album purely due to this track. And there's some great stuff on there. I, there's a lot of instrumental on there, actually, which is completely fine by me but there's one particular song Until We Bleed with Leaky Lee who I'm a big fan of I see Nina Cherry was on there as well yes she was do you know what I'm going to be honest I haven't listened to this album for a lot of years and I'm going to go back and listen to it very soon Longing for Lullabies is lovely actually so I do recommend everybody to listen to that well hey Will our responsibility to add this to the long list yes we should add it to the long list actually you're right which is just getting longer and longer so some interesting facts about this it was there's no I'm sure you've, if you listen to it before you've realised there's no chorus really to speak mm. of it's kind of it's a very continuous flow and stream of consciousness um, and this was written in Clear Up's living room and for me it's just and I think we've spoke about this before there are some people who think that if you want to write a really heartfelt sort of real music and I'm doing that finger quotation thing it has to be you have to have an acoustic guitar or something like that and I think for me this song and the emotion that just pours out of it shows that that is absolute and pardon my French bullshit um, oh. well I'm only using it to emphasise my point this song is so emotive but quite a subtle banger as well mm, absolutely de- delicious so let's move on to track eight now, whilst we uh, mop up all the water we've been gushing over this over the last track. Oh my gosh. This is Who's That Girl? girl na 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 <laughs> Eve's that girl na 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 of course good, isn't it? before we even move on to Robin's Who's That Girl Eve's Who's That Girl uh, was a big hit there's two other Who's That Girls that were big hits The Madonna <laughs> is one and the other one now you're asking so um... I'm going to keep going with clues until you get it synth pop band formed in the 80s Perhaps one in the late 70s, actually. Scottish. A duo. The, f- the Proclaimers. Sadly not. <laughs> uh, the female lead singer has become a solo artist in her own right. Uh, some of their other big hits include There Must Be an Angel. And the Eurythmics. Yes. There we go. Something there. For you. Look, what a fun game that was. We should do more games like that in the podcast. Yeah, well, that's probably off-air feedback. Yeah. so I I really enjoy that I think it's a return to the bit more attitude that we had earlier on at the start of the album some great lyrics just opening straight up with good girls are pretty like all of the time I'm just pretty some of the time good girls are happy and satisfied I won't asking until I die no very much it's girl power isn't it girl power yeah Jerry Halliwell came out of the womb screaming girl power did she really I 
Probably not. She says a lot. Is that another Brits performance? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so upbeat, the song, isn't it? And this was co-produced by The Knife. The Knife. What do you know about The Knife? Well, Mac The Knife. No, you tell me more. Uh, Swedish duo. Been around since the late 90s. I think you might remember the album Silent Shout from 2006. Sadly not. There were some great tracks on there. I would definitely recommend Silent Shout. We share our mother's health from that album. One, another one for the long list? Uh, I wouldn't put it on the long list. Maybe the, the longer list. <laughs> so if you're listening to Track by Track in 2024... We may almost be at uh, that episode. Mm. So Who's That Girl did, did reasonably well. Number 26 in the UK singles chart. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that track was released in 2005, in the middle of 2005, and then the next single was With Every Heartbeat, a year and a half later. Isn't that strange? Yes, I wonder what was going on during that time. Yeah, perhaps it was all the sort of logistical issues with record companies and all that kind of thing. But hey, let's look forward. That's in the past now. So track nine, we're going to just kind of skip over that. It's a 16-minute little ditty called Bionic Woman. Second. But the 16 minutes of 16 minutes, this little ditty. <laughs> <laughs> but track 10 now, this is Crash and Burn Girl. Well, we headed to the disco for that one. You said that as soon as that song started, and I think you're absolutely right. It's such... A bop. It's a real bop. And and as you said that, I thought, it is is disco, but it doesn't feel... Robin does disco in her own... On her own terms. Absolutely. Because those elements are there. It's got that... It's the heavy beat, some classic strings and some chimes there. Uh, The melody is quite light and sweet. But it's not your, you know, your expected disco stomper. Um, and also, I think the bit that's driving that song, I say driving a lot, don't I? But the thing that's driving that song is that vocal sample. Stephen Hawking's wife there. Leslie. <laughs> is that her name? I don't know. Uh, you might call this, if you were looking to pigeonhole this, which you shouldn't really in mm, 2019, no. new disco. Yes. And new. New. New disco. What was that? What was um, the Klaxons and all that when they came out? New, oh, that was... Um, new something. New Rave. New Rave, yes. Oh, because they did uh, a cover of... Another one for the long list. This whole episode has been about adding tracks to the long list. Time to move on. Will and I are going to discuss the Klaxons as you listen to Robot Boy. Your battery's low. Did you crash again? Robot boy, do you need a friend? Hey, little droid, is your head all wrong? So, Robot Boy there, and that's another new recording for this international version of the album. Um, how does it fare to you, Will, compared with the rest? 
I like it. It's probably not one of my favourite tracks on the album, but it's certainly not my least favourite on the album. I love the sort of dance hall vibe it's got going on. Mm. And when it first starts, you almost feel like, oh, she's gone into a ballad. She's gone into a proper sort of stripped back ballad moment. And then incomplete. No need to worry. No need to panic about that. I think it's lovely. I really like the lyrics. I really like this idea of a sort of a, a love song, a really heartfelt moment, but she's singing about... Uh, your circuit's blown, will you find your coordinates home, your battery's low. Um, I really like that, am I going to say it again? That juxtaposition. And the na 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 nas I love her na 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 nas in that one. I'm uh, sure she won't mind me saying that. No, 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 I think she'd be very flattered. Mm. So that was Robot Boy, and we may be coming back to Ro- Robin and Robots a little bit later on, maybe. Oh, very cryptic of you. Mm. But not next. So next up, track number 12. This is Eclipse. There's no accusations, there's no need for denial. If you hadn't heard that whisper, be no tear to wipe from your eye. Your eye, some words are best unspoken. So right, that it all just falls apart. Well, after saying we, we knew. Oh, are we back? <laughs> What did we just say? We knew she knew better than to to do a, a stripped back ballad, and and what was that? Eclipse. And there she goes. Uh, this is a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. I knew it. So it's uh, Robin. She's got a lovely red scarf on, uh, bleach blonde hair, as you'd expect, mm. like white blonde hair, sort of Shirley um, from EastEnders blonde. Well, you'd talk, you'd see a lot of uh, men around London with that hair colour these days. Men of a certain fashion. age. Fashion. Oh. oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, she's standing uh, amongst some very tall buildings with some lovely um, typeface uh, with the name Robin. Very curved. Almost a bit Art Deco. Very much Art Deco. Do you think she's in New York, perhaps? Uh, maybe. I think she's very popular in America, so I wouldn't be surprised if she's nipped into the city. Now, Will, around this time, could you have been found wearing one of those scarves? Absolutely not. Because I think I could have... Really? Mm. Well, listeners, if we are very lucky, we may be able to put a picture up on the Twitter feed with that. That's, um, leave it with me. Was Facebook around then? 2005. No. Yes? No. I wasn't on Facebook in 2005. And you're not anymore. I'm not anymore. Some of the listeners have been trying to find you, actually. So that song, um, I can see why that would be the time to talk about the album artwork. But I think it's, I think it's quite nice to hear her, her voice at its most vulnerable. Um, and I think it's very nice. It's a very delicate track. What's interesting about this track, actually, is that Robin didn't play a hand in the lyrics or the music of this one. That was purely by Klaas Artland. Sorry, Klaas, if I'm saying your name wrong. And it's just one of two tracks that he took upon to look after himself, the other being uh, Handle Me. Track number 13 now. And uh, this is Should Have Known. I'm such a fool. Should have known. 
a real 90s feel going through that. Yes, I very much felt like sort of TLC vibe. Yes. I could almost hear T-Ball singing that. Almost, but maybe not a, a 90s one, maybe a latter-day TLC track. Um, didn't love it. You didn't? No, not at all. How about you? Uh, well, it's interesting. Well, not, not really, but it's interesting that this is one of only two tracks that doesn't have Class Ireland um, as producer or writer. And that is interesting because he's had his hand in the majority of Robin, hasn't he? And what's also interesting is that the co-writer of this one, Alexander Cronland, has written some fantastic things. He wrote Lucky and If You See Kami and Till The World Ends for Britney. Um, three kind of huge bangers, all of different uh, tempos, but this for me just just doesn't really go anywhere, sadly. Well, let's go somewhere then uh, <laughs> to the last track of the album. And this is Anytime You Like. We're usually very strict with bonus tracks, aren't we? So if an album has, which a lot of albums around this time did have two bonus tracks on the end, we don't include those because they're bonus tracks and they're not officially a part of the album. Now these last two tracks we've played are officially part of the album. By Joe, they should have been bonus tracks, shouldn't they? They could have done. I mean, 14 tracks proper on this album could have easily become 12, plus the interludes, Mm. uh, and that would have been absolutely concise. Yeah, it just sadly feels, even if it ended on Eclipse, um, which was your moment to talk about the album artwork, but even if it ended on that, it would have felt like a little bit more of a, a natural conclusion to the album, I think. These two have just sadly just not done anything for the album. Yeah, it's an absolute shame that this has petered out when really someone like Robin could have petered back in with a real banger to go out on. So, it's a good job we've got some further listening to bring things back up again. Yes. I think we just got a bit sombre then as well after that track. Yes, I had to give you a Music little... does affect you. Yes. You needed that little hug, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Let's get stuck into our further listening, the moment in the podcast where we like to just add a couple more tracks to the episode, uh, maybe introduce listeners to something new from the artist in question. This time... Well, you've set the rules, haven't you, for this one? Yes, yeah, so I thought it'd be I thought it'd be a fun twist to pick your favourite Robin collaboration because she does like to work with another artist or two, doesn't she? Yes, and Dan, I'd love for you to go first. Super. Well, I'll I won't say too much about it uh, just yet. I'll let the music do the talking, and we can chat about it afterwards. But this one is the girl and the robot. <laughs> Girl and the Robot there, Rockstop and Robin. This song is grandiose. It's one word I'd use to describe it. It's epic. It's so far up our street, it's reversed itself back into the garage and put a cover on itself. 
Well, it actually went over my front lawn. Oh, Christ. Yeah, so it's very much so. We love this. Mm. The production on this, that sort of choir sample, reminds me very much of a sort of a Trevor Horn kind of thing. Mm. It's got that sort of element of uh, It's a Sin by Pet Shop Boys or something like it's that. It's horny as hell. Horny, it's haunting, it's one hell of a track. And Royksop. Now, I have to be quite honest with you, Royksop. I know of, but I mainly know them through this song. And the reason I first heard this song is on an, an Apple Music playlist called Influenced by New Order. It had some great stuff on there. It had Flutes by Hot Chip. It had some Arcade Fire on there. And it had this song, which is the first time I heard it. And uh, by Joe. I loved it from the first listen. Rooksop are an interesting duo, Norwegian duo, and they kind of, I'm not sure where you would, where they would fall because they're very much dance, a little bit ambient, a little bit kind of off the wall, um, but they've got some great collaborations under their belt as well. Hmm. I think there's not much else we need to say on this, it's just tick, tick, tick. Tick, ticks everywhere. Hmm, like a rabid dog. So I'm going to go now. Right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with my selection and I've jumped ahead to an EP Robin did in 2015 we, which was Robin and La Bayatel Magique La 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 Baya and this was uh, an EP um, mini album five tracks we'll dive into the track we'll talk about it afterwards this is Set Me Free glow sticks on the go and we're raving away to that one and what was that you popped on my tongue oh don't worry about that okay because it's i feel a bit funny so that was uh set me free from the love is free ep i love the rave feel um and influences not just on that track but running through the ep this was sadly this was robin's last collaboration with christian Falk, who was a long time producer, collaborator, friend of hers who died, sadly, in, um, from cancer oh. uh, in 2014. And this EP was the last thing they worked on together. Well, it, I, I've not heard the full LP, full EP, sorry, or mini album, if you will. That was my first my first taste of it. But if, it, if it's all like that, then what a fitting tribute to the man. Because it's, it, was, it was relentless, it was upbeat, it was dancey. Very happy. Very happy. It does feel like Robin just wanted to sort of experiment and not have it out as her own project or on her own discography, but just have that kind of playful thing there. This was the last thing she did before the album Honey came out last year. Mm. And that was this was three years before. Uh, there is a track on here, title track Love is Free, that was also produced by Klaz Arland. Um, oh, so she does seem to enjoy working with similar people. Yes. So Royksop, she did another track with Roy, do it again as well with Royksop, which I know of and I haven't yet. It's like um, 
lining up TV programs. You know, there's so many TV shows to watch at the minute. You have to line them up. And I'm the same with songs. Uh, and in doing this podcast, actually, and some of these further listening tracks that you bring, um, I'm just, there's so much out there for me to listen to. So that's it. That's the end. Our first taste of Robin. And I'm sure not the last. I think we will definitely come back to her. I can think of one album in particular I'd love to talk about in more detail. If you would like us to talk about another Robin album, or if you disagree or agree with what we said about this one, please do let us know at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And do please continue to subscribe to the podcast and rate and comment, that's the word, on Apple Podcasts. Dan, what's coming up next? So next week it is a British duo who released their debut album 11 years ago next week, and they started something. Oh, brother, brother and sister? Uh, no. It's not the same difference. <laughs> Sadly not, but we really should add them to the, the longest the list possible. Longest. Yeah. <laughs> the scroll. Before we go today, I just would like to mention that, obviously, Track by Track is the trash music podcast, and if you are a fan of quality pop music then there's something you might like that we've started. It's called Trash Live. It's a live music night featuring a handful of new artists who we get the feeling that in a few years' time they might be featuring on the Track by Track podcast. So the next Trash Live is happening, and it's just in London for the minute, folks. Uh, so please please do book your flights. Uh, the next one's happening on the 9th of May, so just over a week away. Uh, you can find out more information on move to trash.co.uk thank you for that little uh, shameless plug well it's, it's all comes under the uh, umbrella well until next time I've been Labanya Tel Magic and I've been Clear Up goodbye goodbye